What's with you, Oz? You look all excited. Come on, let's sit down. Let's get this going. I'm super excited, man. I'm really, really excited. I mean, Allsvenskan starts this weekend. Oh, Allsvenskan. Oh, really? What do you know about Allsvenskan? Let's see. Top division in Sweden. Top league in Sweden. Yes. Uh, I know some of the clubs. And I know I like it because it runs... Uh, you know, during the summer, like it's starting just now. Yeah. Whereas every every other European league is like getting down to its end. I like that it's starting now, like in MLS. It's like a full time soccer watching for us fans. Yeah, right. Know, all year yeah. around. Exactly. And it's very exciting. Asvenskan is very exciting this season. Um, what are the clubs that that I know that you know? Yeah. Malmo is the first to jump to my mind. Okay. Orebro. Orebro. Absolutely, you have to know them, man. I also know uh, some clubs that Americans have played for, like Hammarby. Yes. Also, like U Gardens, if we're pronouncing that right. U Gordon. U Gordon. Close. (laughs) (laughs) Close. Uh, Who else do I know? There's another one. Oh, okay. Oyako. 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 Good, good, good. I like their jerseys. It's uh, starting this weekend, man. And uh, let me tell you a bit about Alsvenskan, okay? What makes Allsvenskan good is that every season you have like six, seven teams, even more teams that can actually win points nice. and get points from each other. I love that. Usually you might have one or two teams that might be the title contender, mm-hmm. but all these other teams, man, they are definitely in it to also challenge it right uh, this season looks like it's going to be Mama FF and North Shopping that's what most of the experts are saying that they have the most chance to win it mm. but the other teams man they're not behind they have done really good transfers like Aiko has good squad this season um, you Gordon has transferred like three players that you might know of Andreas Isaksson Yes, goalkeeper. He's a good goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, yeah. man. Experience, being in Europe, being in Turkey. I, I think I first saw him at a World Cup 2006, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's yeah. correct. That's correct, man. He w- has the most caps of the goalies in the national team. So, very experienced keeper. Jonas Olsson from West Brom just got a transfer to oh, yeah. Ugorn as well. And Kim Chelstrom. Yeah, Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Arsenal. You play. He yeah. played there for like a few months, right? Yeah, something like that. He didn't play much, but I, I thought he was a good player. And once I he signed for Arsenal, I was pretty pleased because right. I knew a bit about him. Actually, again about Shellstrom, the first time I saw him, left footed, right? Left footed, yeah, like left footed. I remember he played a friendly against the U.S. in two thousand seven or eight, two thousand seven, okay. I think. And he scored. <laughs> he scored the only goal. It's the first time I saw Sweden play. <laughs> Or no, it's not the first time, but the first time they saw Sweden play the U.S. But and he scored the only goal it was like a rocket from like thirty <laughs> yards out. Kjellström, man, that's his type of goals too. <laughs> Oyko has got Christopher Olsson and Simon Tern, very talented young players that has been out in Europe and tried their wings, but coming back now. And there are a lot of players that are coming back for this season, and it looks really, really exciting. Nice. You know, and this is what us fans want. Yeah, I'm excited. Once you said that, just now, once you said that it uh, started, it's starting, sorry, this weekend, I was excited the first time. I honestly, I, I honestly am excited to, to follow the Aspenskin this year. Man, I'm happy that you're on board. Yeah. I gotta say something about Urubro Escort 2, and they look good man they have good coaching staff they have good players they 
really get along and has one goal in mind, you mm. know. You went to Orbro games? I've been. Young? I've yeah. been. And when I was a kid, we used to go to Orbro games a lot. And back then it was called Eravallen. So kind of very old school stadium, and, ah. but very local. And throughout the years, they have rebuilt the stadium, rebuilt the rebuilt the stadium even have artificial turf mm. they one of the few teams that actually has it in the in Ansvenskia. Oh, I was just about to ask if uh, other teams have it or not yeah yeah but urban man it was beautiful to go and watch professional soccer yeah. games go in there just sucking that atmosphere sucking that local passion and care for a local team and that's very very big in Sweden mm. all the teams from these big cities they really have a good fan backup. And when you ask questions to some of the players, they really enjoy the atmosphere from the fans. Nice. And the Stockholm derbies are really something to experience. Yeah. Like games between Oiko, Yugoden, or Hammarby, or, or against Hammarby. Mm. And Hammarby is a team that has very, very rich followers. Mm. They have one of the biggest fan base in Swedish National Soccer League, right? Alsvenskan. So passionate, man. Nice, like, nice. The jerseys are white and green, and the flags, and they sing before the games, and the fans are almost like hooligans. It's that much of a club. But a couple of years ago, I'm not sure exactly when, they went down to Superettan, one day we should low. Hmm. And uh, the past two years, three years, they've been in Alsvenskan, they got a transfer of Kennedy Bakijolo, a hero for Hammarby fans. Hmm. He's been out in Europe at Ajax, Santander, and came back as a captain. And he's 36 years old now, but he still delivers. Nice. He still has that same love for soccer. And there's one other player that is a massive and big profile that comes back to Alsvenskan this season. Yeah. And it is... Yiluan Hamad. Ah, uh, you've told me about him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you grew up with them a bit, didn't you? You've, you've, you've played against them once you were younger. Right. When we were kids, we played against each other. And Yiluan went to Mama FF. He was the captain. He won the league. He's been in the older, you know, U17, 18, 19, U21. Nice. Yeah. U1 uh, uh, in the national team also the captain in the U21 and he has been he has been very very talented from a young age mm. and has successfully progressed throughout the years and always developed and developed and got more responsibility as well was knocking on the national team and got a transfer to Hoffenheim mm. okay to Germany yeah. and which is a big league and Yilovan Hamad is coming back to Swedish Alsvenskan. He got a transfer to Hammarby, and Hammarby has really something beautiful project going on right now. And Yilovan is one of the biggest profile once this Alsvenskan is about to start. Right. So we are very glad and happy to introduce Yilovan Hamad that is going to be on our show today. We're going to ask him questions about his life, his soccer perspective, and his attitude in general, and understand more of Yilowan Hamad in our show. I can't wait. Welcome to Oscotch and King Soccer, soccer Podcast, Podcast show. show! 
Tjejle, vad gör du? Vad har du haft för idag? Haft eh, träning och sen eh, hade jag en studiointervju med Svenska Spel. Så jag satt faktiskt med Simon Tern från AIK och pratade lite grann om, om säsongen. Eh, våra tankar och känslor och så vidare. Sen eh, har jag varit på middag och kom precis hem och sitter och kollar på Sverige och Portugal matchen. Nice, nice. Du känner honom sedan tidigare va? Ja, vi spelade i, i Malmö. Vann ett SM guld ihop 2013. Så jävla nice. uh, Tack för att du är med i vår podcast Jag kommer presentera med min vän Kerry uh, Kerry, uh, say hi to Yilohan Hi Yilohan, nice to meet hi. you, nice to talk to you Thank Nice you. to talk to you too Welcome to the show uh, Thank you very much I'm curious, do you remember Ozer sitting next to me Do you remember playing against him in DR at all Once you were younger? Yeah, for sure, for sure They played <laughs> in, uh, in another team And they, they were pretty And the team, I mean, but um, yeah, we. Oh, I always remember, and um, everybody remember the the twins. Yeah. <laughs> really, really good, actually, really good players. So yeah. Thank you, man. I remember once when uh, I remember one time when me and Dr went to Mark Bakken to Gordon, and uh, I mean, you guys were playing there like so often, and even evenings on Fridays. Do you remember those times yeah. when you were a kid? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It was the spontaneous football that uh, nowadays maybe kids don't go out and play that much, you know. But uh, it was good, good times, good old days uh, where we used to used to play there. We called it Fritis Gordon. So straight after practice, we went there and played for hours. So it was really good. <laughs> That's nice. That's something here in the US we don't get a whole lot. So it's something that we're lacking. That like tight confines of futsal. Uh, and yeah. I, I can definitely tell that it's you know, affected your career and your playing style and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you, that generation, man, like '89 and '90 generation with forward, you guys were really good, man. And one of the, you also won Canal Plus Cup, which is like a, yeah. uh, which is like a, the best players from the district or the city that compares to the other ones in Sweden. Hmm. And you really, you really made a good uh, performance in that tournament, but also f- at forward, right? You were really young yeah. and playing at Division One. Yeah, yeah. Well, I get, I got the the chance to play uh, like senior football pretty early in my career. I was like 15 years old first time I went up to the first team, and yeah. it was like third league in Sweden. But still, you know, I was way ahead of other 15 year olds in, in in Sweden, even though they belonged in bigger teams, but It was all about getting these senior football games, you know. It was very important. And uh, when I was 16, I played like regularly in, wow. in, in the starting eleven. So it was really good. And um, yeah, we had also good good players in the district. Really, it was uh, the guys born 90 and, and 89. It was really really good players. So it also helped me to to get better and, and always wanting to to be to be better. So it was a good time. And what about uh, after forward? Once you got transferred to Malmo, how's that? Yeah. What were you thinking at that time going to such a big club in Sweden like Malmo? Huh? It was a huge thing for me. I remember we we just signed a four year deal with with Forward, which is like third league. But I was sixteen sixteen at the time, and I was looking forward to just play there because you know I grew up there, and I was like. Uh, It was a big dream for me. So, yeah. and then half year later, like I scored like eight goals in 12 games when I was 16, and 
then Malmö's manager Hasse Borg came to to our city and I remember him like sitting with me and my father offering me a contract and we were like wow <laughs> we have to take this deal you know so uh, six months later I moved to Malmö I just I just turned 17 and a whole lot of chapter in my life started and um, it was such a big difference you know like Malmö this huge club like probably the the biggest club in Sweden and uh, it was a totally different like with the with atmosphere with the supporters with the pressure of always winning um and at this time i played with amazing players also i remember yari litmanen was still there Mikhail oh, osmanovsky nice. yeah. was still there like yeah. litmanen played in liverpool and yeah. was like the best player in europe at this time so you know i learned so much from from all these players and uh, yeah it helped me a lot i mean it was pretty interesting at that time man like this is around 2008 And Malmö had a lot of good players, but they also did transfer a lot of good talents, you know. Yeah, yeah. They got a lot of new talents, they had good players, they're coming from their youth system. And eventually all of you kind of grow up together and started to play together, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. kind of very new thing, I guess, in Swedish soccer, football, yeah. to do something like that. Can you describe how Malmö's youth development was? Yeah, I think, you know long time ago if you, if you look at football today and maybe 10 years ago it's a big difference like nowadays you see young talents coming up uh, like in very young ages to the first teams and it's maybe more about it's also not more about but it's also a business um, per, like view because yeah. you, you want young players to play early just to sell them you know yeah um, and um, at this time like 10 years ago when i came to malmo 10 11 years ago it was It was not like that. I was like 17 and way like the youngest player, and the 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 the, the older like the youngest player after me was like 24, 25, you know. So, <laughs> and then they just started. They just started to bring up three, four young players from the youth from the academy. And Malmo has always been working with their academies, you know. Yes. They have a very nice structure in the whole uh, club, and they the youth plays like the the first team want to play. So. They really they have a structure they they know how they want to play even from young ages you know so that means it will be much easier for a player to take the step to the first team because it will not be totally different for him the the, the style of playing will be similar so right. that's a, a very positive thing with, with mal they they work this way and yeah the, the the new era came new generation it was time to to let young players play you know but yeah we had also a big responsibility because it's not just about letting young players play you you need to also be ready and you need to when you get the chance you need to deliver you know yeah so now it was a good time malma had a, a team with a lot of uh, experience and a, lo a lot of like stars but they didn't get together that well you know they, they had too much stars so yeah. the result was was not good so that's when they knew it's time for a change mm. Was it uh, difficult for a young player like yourself to go, like, you know, leave home and go to uh, such a big club? And I mean, you said that you were with your dad with the contract, and I'm just thinking, like, yeah. how surreal, how wild that must have been as a teenager. <laughs> It's like all of a sudden, this is getting real now. This is like such a big thing. Yeah. It's time to grow up. It was really crazy, you know. Also, I was in school at this time, and, and you know, have to finishing finish up school at the same time playing so it was a lot of things in my mind also moving like five hours from home yeah. uh. Uh, my family stayed in Örebro where I grew up you know so it was a big change but you know to be honest the only thing I was thinking about 
because I knew I always had good support from from home. So the only thing I was thinking about was going to Malmo and just succeed and just play, just develop because I didn't just do it for me, you know. In my head, I did it also for my family because if I play good and, you know, take the next step and just become better, I can also help them, you know, in so many other ways. So um, nice. it was like, I don't know, to be honest, for me, it was not difficult to, to move. It was a big dream and I just wanted to take the chance. And I remember not even missing home that much. Of course, I missed mm. my family, but I was really focused. I was nice. like in the momentum. I, I can't explain it, but to be honest, I didn't miss home. I, that, I was happy where I was. It sounds like you were ready for sure. Ready for that big yeah. step. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, something amazing with Yiluan and is his dad. Like his dad is really supportive. He always yeah. went to the games, yeah. and even if you went to the city and you saw Yiluan's dad, he always asked like, "How I'm doing? How soccer is going?" And he kind of recognized the faces. And I, I still believe that you have a really good relationship with dad. But do you remember a moment where you, you and your dad had together like, "Wow, dad, this is like." Whoa, we you know we, we made it. We yeah. kind of made it. Like, but we're here together. You know, we strong team yeah. as a family. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, many many times. But you yeah. know, like you said, my father always he was always there for me, always pushing me, always telling me that there are no um, like you have to take the the long road. You know, you have to fight for everything. Nothing comes for free in life. You know, especially not in football. Uh, and you can have sometimes you can have luck but in the end of the day you deserve luck you know yeah uh, because you put yourself in a good situation so when the luck comes you are the first person you know to be reached out to so um, he, he changed my mindset a lot when I was young and he taught me the, the, the good way you know the hard way so um, many we had actually many moments but I, I think my father could never really really relax because even when I made it to Malmö and started yeah. to play, and even when I was the captain of Malmö, he was like always stressing for the games, and <laughs> because he, he, you know, he was like a father, always, yeah. always looking out yeah. for me, and, and you know, even with the captain thing came a lot of responsibilities also. So I think any any parent feel the same; they can sure. never relax, you know. And uh, I don't know, but when I took the step out, maybe to Bundesliga, then it was like we did it, you know. So nice. then it was like a moment, or when when I won the championship the first and the second time. So now he's more calm. Let's talk about that championship, uh, that first championship yeah. win. Uh, I know, <laughs> as a kid, I done it. I've done it. I still do it now, even though I know it's too late for me to become like a professional like you. But we all, as kids, as teenagers, as even younger dreamed of scoring like a championship winning goal in the final or in a league and then you actually yeah. lived it while you're still so young <laughs> yeah 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 it was an amazing moment you know the, this season we had a very it was 2010 i was 19 years old and you know the the club hadn't won since i think 2004 so they were like screaming for for another gold medal and um, the expectation expectation uh, the the expectations were so high mm. And uh, I remember I was struggling during the season, like the first part of the season. I was always in the squad and, and subbed in, but I didn't take like a starting 11 position until the other half of the season. Gotcha. Like mm. maybe it was the, when the more important games came, I was happy that I could put myself in the starting 11. And uh, the final, I remember it was us and Helsingborg, like they ah. were always first and second. So, like, when we won, they always won. So, even until the last game, we had to win it at home to secure the, the gold medal. And 
to score the the goal, you know, the one zero goal, it was wow, it was an amazing feeling to be honest. And, um, and uh, it was one of the best days for me in my career. Uh, it was a big, definitely a big historical day, right, in your career. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, really. First goal is also always like most important, you know. Yeah, it's, it's always a special moment, and when you are so young and you, yeah, always first, first, first time is always the best, I think. Yeah. I mean, also that season when you were captain, um, you were yeah. at the club for a long time. You know, you still young but very experienced, yeah. mature at that time in Allsvenskan. Um, how would yeah, you describe yeah. how would you describe Allsvenskan back then? And you know, the reasons you got the chance to be the captain. Mm, Allsvenskan back then was was like Allsvenskan is, is for me. It's always been a good league, you know. And and Malmo showed this now the the last couple of years that they can qualify even to Champions League. They can beat out good teams like Celtic, you know, we beat out Rangers, yeah, right. Rangers when I was there to get us to the Europa League, so like, I think Alsanskan is a league it's it's pretty underestimated like people think it's it's not so good, but it's very difficult to play in it, and um, 2013, when, when we won the, the sec- when I won my, my second gold medal, it was also many teams that were really, really strong and solid um, so it was it was very interesting and we had to fight every game and me being a captain was was like for me a, a very big thing you know it came also a lot of responsibility with it but i liked it i loved it in the beginning it was a little bit difficult but um, i learned a lot and i could develop also myself not just as a player but as a person you know in the locker room outside because you have more eyes on you uh, and it was the coach you know I, i've been in the club then at this time for maybe uh, five six years uh, five years and um, yeah he felt like I was a good role model for the younger players and like a natural leader so he just yeah told me that I will be the captain when Daniel Anderson uh, put his shoes on the like yeah. when he finished his career so it was a big honor for me you know it was a really big thing I mean, that's a huge thing man that's that's definitely responsibility me and Kerry talked about like leaders and captaincy but you just mentioned that it developed a lot of your as a person. Like in what way, man? In what way? You know, like one of the reasons, maybe, like when I look back at it, and, and I've also met the, the the coach that I had at this time, Erika Nuling. Like when he explained to me last summer why he chose me to be a captain. You know, it's he he was like, yeah, because you always did the right thing. You always came before everybody. You always trained yeah like trained hard you always mm. were focused you always mm. did your preparations correctly you you were always after the training in the gym thinking about your body and like he saw other people following me you know even when i didn't notice but when you are captain then you know that you have to like you have to think about everything what you're doing even if you do a simple interview you have to be more careful you know True. Um, because you will be like the face of the team so that made me always think twice, you know, and also to have a, a leading role, doesn't matter if it's football or work or anything, you know, you, you, you have this responsibility, either you rise with it or exactly. you, you fall down, you know, so exactly. for me it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a good thing that developed me as a person, you know, each and every game I felt more and more and more responsibility that it's more weight on my shoulders, you know, I have to maybe do the deciding goal, I have to put the team up when when the team is low I have to push everybody up again so you know normally um, I was not maybe used to this and it was many things in my leadership that I had to train on so that developed me a lot I mean exactly 
exactly like you say, it kind of uh, have to. You kind of had to step up a bit more, another level yeah. in your in your development overall. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Ozer and I talk a lot about Alsvenskin, and seeing as we're in the MLS, uh, the United States, we talk about MLS too, because uh, I'm a big yeah. fan of MLS. But hearing you talk about Alsvenskin, hearing us talk about it, and comparing with MLS, I think they're very similar. I don't know if you bet, but um... no, no, no. MLS has <laughs> developed a lot. To yeah. Be honest, to be developed a lot but listening to what you said listening to what you said uh about the number of teams a lot of strong teams that's one thing yeah. that uh i really like and one thing i like about mls that's really competitive and that's what ozer tells me yeah. about osvenskin is that osvenskin is very competitive that there are several teams yeah. that can win it any year um exactly uh that's one thing i like about osvenskin that i'd say appeals to me and i'm really excited to follow it this season but one question i have is Osvenskin, like MLS, runs through the summer, right? From like spring to yeah, fall. Yeah. Does that like affect the Champions League runs, the schedule at all, or Champions League or Europa League at all? Yeah, it does actually. I think for the Swedish team, it's uh, advantage to be honest, ah. because um, when other teams go on a summer break, maybe they have a break for four or five weeks, like I had in Germany. Mm-hmm. They come back and they have a like small preseason, and then. Uh, straight after the preseason, normally before even the league starts, uh, the, the qualification starts also with it. So I think, especially for the qualification rounds, right. where Sweden have to go through it, right. because at the moment we are not that high in the ranking that we get a directly like spot. So mm-hmm. uh, for the qualifications, you have the Swedish players that already are in the season. Right. They are in good shape. They you know they know the system. They know everything. So. They, they get like a, a better start to be honest so yeah. in, in that way it's it's positive nice that's awesome man um i kind of want to jump to you transfer to hoffenheim uh to germany <laughs> there, there is i know that you are very smart and i read somewhere that you really consider different offers before you picked hoffenheim but can you tell us a bit why you picked hoffenheim and the beginning of your journey at hoffenheim yeah, I had a lot of offers because, uh, you know, we won the gold medal and I was captain and my contract went out. So I was like a free agency, like on, on free, I, I was a free player. Yeah. Uh, so we were discussing with many, many clubs, but I was very careful together with my family, together with my agents that next step is very important for me. And uh, when we looked at it, you know, Hoffenheim came and I thought, you know, this is a, Normally, from Sweden to Bundesliga, it's not a normal step. Normally, people go to Holland or Belgium right. and then yeah. take the step to to England or to to Bundesliga. But I felt ready, you know. I also waited two years extra. Like I could leave Sweden earlier, but I felt like I can wait until I'm 23 and maybe win another gold medal and then leave. So I I felt like considering I was 23 and not like 19. I, I didn't want to go to to Holland or to Belgium because I felt like I already play in a big club like Malmö yeah. that's much better than many clubs in Holland so why should I take this middle step you know yeah so we looked at uh, Hoffenheim we got a very good contract very good deal uh, the coach you know like he was talking to me for hours how much he wanted me to the club and you know when a player have to choose a, a club my best advice is like you have to speak with the coach with the manager you have to ask what role you, have, you will have in the team, how they look at you. And all these puzzles that was important to me, they were all, all amazing. Like everything was perfect. 
and uh, yeah so to be honest I, I never hesitated like we got all the things you know that we wanted like agreed on so yeah uh, of course it was a big step but still Hoffenheim at that time was not a like a club in the tops in the top like it was maybe a middle down you know? yeah. they were struggling to just stay so I thought okay this is perfect but when I came to the club it was like we had an amazing squad many many good players you know so you had Firmino right me, yeah we had Roberto Firmino we had um, we had Kevin Folland that plays in Leverkusen oh, now yeah. we had Salihovic that you know played in the played in the Bosnian national team yes, and was like yes. a big icon for the club uh, we had Anthony Modest that plays now in Köln. Oh, I yeah. think he's like the leading scorer in Bundesliga. Mm. <laughs> uh, so we had many, many good players, you know, and uh, it was not easy. And normally these players would be sold, you know, but uh, they they uh, extended their contracts, you know, so instead of. So it was it was difficult, but still my first time there was amazing. My first six months, really good, amazing preseason. I played all the games. I even put uh, Folland out of the squad, you know, nice. just because I had a good preseason and the first half year I played each and every game like I was subbed in but I never really get got this like chance the real chance like many players get like you play three four games doesn't matter if you play bad or, or good you play because we believe in you and you, exactly. you will develop so that was a little bit sad and yeah I mean that's and the rest was yeah I'm sorry I mean that's the important no. that's the important part in any soccer player man you want to feel like you appreciate it you want to feel like you have a good, you know, spot in the first team, and exactly. obviously it comes with a hard work, and but yeah. that trust is super important, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But you know, when I look back at this time, also with this trainer, like I've been talking to him, and he's really still like apologizing because it was a very difficult thing for him you know he was also put on the spot you know he have to make good performances and he trusted like maybe the players that he's been with before and we had a very good squad and maybe he's regretting that he didn't that he never gave me the chance that i deserved but it doesn't okay, matter man. you know i always gave my best and then i decided to go on alone so i went to belgium to standard liege and after four games unfortunately i hurted my knee i hurt my knee and before this, I never had any injuries in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I always was the player who always played and trained. So then it was a very difficult time for me. I was out for like seven months. What was it like, you know, recovering from that injury at all? How were you mentally during that injury, during that tough time? It was difficult for me because I, I was in Hoffenheim for one year. First six months was good. The the, the last six months were, were, were not so good because I felt like they don't prioritize me and I don't get what I deserve. So I decided to go on a loan mm -hmm. for for six months just to play, just right. to get games and standard Liege. It's, it's like a big club in Belgium. Right. So I was still happy to get this team and uh, the trainer really liked me. So uh, get this injury after four games, it was really, really hard for me. And and uh, mentally, I knew like this is the biggest test uh, I've been put on. So for <laughs> me, it was just about being positive and taking it the best way possible. So it was no hesitation. I knew I could I could pull 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 this off, you know. So it was just about always smiling, always be positive, and just train. Yeah. It's there are so many other things in life that are ten times worse. So I cannot go around and feel bad for myself, you know. Uh, so I went back to Germany. Did an amazing rehab i came back very very fast and i also played five games in bundesliga after my injury so i'm very proud of of this i played even seven seven games i think four in the starting 11 and three or four subs so 
uh, that coach that mm-hmm. was in Hoffenheim, Hugh Stevens, mm-hmm. um, he really liked me, you know, and uh, unfortunately he had to quit his career and then came this new trainer and yeah, yeah I didn't play so much with him. So yeah. it was a little bit unlucky also, but, yeah. but still, I'm, I'm, I'm happy and proud that I come back after injury like that and even before the injury not playing to come back after injury and start playing so i mean didn't I'm, you I'm happy and proud didn't you score in your first game back <laughs> yeah <that laughs> you can't crazy. just go over that yeah, <laughs> yeah i scored we played by Leverkusen. yeah yeah and uh, i remember i was just in two weeks training with the team but the new coach he liked me and um yeah he said yeah you're gonna play now so we had a friendly game before this game and i scored and then i scored against Leverkusen like in the first half and yeah it was an amazing moment for me. what a good it comeback probably the, the best moment in my career oh, to be wow. honest. that was like the goal of the week in Bundesliga yeah, yeah that's true that's true <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, it was nice yeah I know that uh, you know you talked about there's so much of the stuff in life and kind of gives perspectives um, like sometimes I get called in by the CNN international desk to go there to do you know cover Turkish media translate and report on the latest news uh, whenever there is a tragedy happening in, in Turkey they call me and so I have to go in and I've been it's been you know intense it's uh, stressful so much things are happening and you know I'm come home and you know you close your eyes and you see the refugee refugee buses coming in with the kids and, and it's kind of tough to get on with your daily life when you know that this is happening on the side and it affects some of you the families or people that you know and you you also have people in your family that is doing this fight as well and you are a yeah. soccer player at the same time um, which gives you perspectives how do you look at the entire situation uh, and how do you kind of you know move on move on yeah yeah, I think it's very unfortunate, um, but you know, sadly, that's how it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing you can do is really like be brave and, and fight back and do what's necessary. And uh, you know, Kurdish people has been through this a lot of times before, uh, and it's like, you know, every time the situation is good back home, something comes up like this. And this time it was ISIS. And yeah. uh, Anyway, so it was a difficult period, of course, maybe more difficult also for my parents because they have their families back home, you know, brothers, sisters, and I have two uncles that were part of, of this war, um, and also cousins, and like my cousin's husband died in the war, and father's very good friends died in this war, so it was it was hard on them, you know, also mm-hmm. for me, coming home, always watching the news, having also my family visiting me, and the only thing they did was following the 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 news and you know to be honest i i hate war you know everybody does yeah, yeah. Uh, also when it's when it's your your own people your own you know country it's also i don't say it's it's like even worse because it doesn't matter you, you, what kind of people it is war is is, is really crazy and i yeah. i hope nobody should go through this but you get another like a view point of view you watch it closer you know so um yeah, it was difficult. It was a really difficult time, to be yeah. honest. But a lot of things going through my head. But, you know, I, I was just thinking and the only advice I got, like, just do your thing, play football, and people will be proud, you know? Yeah. Um, that, that's kind of how I try to think as well, you know? As long as I'm happy, 
I'm good here and if I can somehow support it somehow help out or reach out with a message you know I'm happy my parents are happy but you know it's it's unfortunate or not unfortunate it's just um, just terrible what's going on and you know it's you you keep showing this mentality of being strong and positive and that's you also personality wise you know you're friendly and uh, you know I I called you and you answered um, and uh, is that I mean I'm sure that has to do with your background but also your Kurdish background with your parents raising you up in Sweden um, how would you say your upbringing was that kind of show you this amazing humble personality yeah, that you have I'm, I'm happy I, I always had good parents who taught me you know what life is about and, and that also their view of life you know they, they went through a lot of things that also uh, made them who they are and uh, you know I'm, I'm just I was always in good hands to be honest mm. and uh, they also one thing that's really important you know normally when you have like a son or a daughter that's very successful in their work or doesn't matter if it's football or business you know some parents and I've seen it myself you know they stop being parents because they start to adore or look up to their their mm. son or, or okay. whatever and they forget this parenting thing because now the the son suddenly earns more money than the parents ever did and maybe takes care of his family and yeah. everything and they maybe feel like okay now we cannot tell him what to do because mm. he's so successful mm. so many parents stop being parents but my parents always sometimes when when i didn't know myself they like they they put me down on on the ground I, I, i've always lived in, in being humble but sometimes you know you lose your grip yeah. and they were always there to to pull me down you know so wow. uh, and they never stopped being parents even today to this day you know <laughs> uh, i feel like a child every time I go back <laughs> to visit them. so uh, after 10 o'clock i have to uh, you know explain why i why i want to go out <laughs> so like 11 years uh, alone so uh, i think that's the 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 culture that we like Middle yeah, Eastern and other countries have yeah. also, you know, like you, you never lose this family touch and mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I got both sides, you know, also being Swedish, growing up in Sweden, learn a lot from Swedish people yeah. and also have my own culture. So I think it's a perfect mix. I think so too, man. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect brilliant. mix. It's perfect mix. Uh, it's nice yeah. to hear that you're so driven, hardworking as well. And uh, is it true that you have like maybe before every season or so you set a list of goals, a list of accomplishments yeah. that you want to make sure you yeah. get to? I had a teacher in school when I was 16, actually, and he told me that, um, you know, successful people, if you take the, the top 3% of successful people, they it's people who have goals in life, um, who, who really, you know, knows what they want and, and like a little bit of this law of attraction, you know, yeah, yeah. there are books out about this that if you dream it, you can achieve it. So, and also from this 3%, that's like top, um, you have like the 1%, the, the real, real successful people, they are the ones who not just have a goal, but also write it down. Because mm. suddenly you have something, you know, on, on a piece of paper, right. and you know, like it's more easy for you to, to, to grab it, to touch it, you know? It's like you're, you're suddenly in a room with walls you know mm. and you know what direction you want to go in. so I, I tried it you know because it sounded interesting and i believe in this this thing so i remember having a piece of paper and i wrote down maybe seven long-term goals and seven short-term goals it could be mm. like 
yeah, I want to play in the Swedish national team was like a long, long-term goal. Mm. But how do I get there? By playing good in Malmö. So, okay, I, I started to write, I want to have a starting 11 place. I want to make a minimum uh, 10, uh, say, five goals and, and six assists the first season and always pushing myself, you know. And, and then after the season, I looked back at it and I always almost fulfilled every goal, you know. And <laughs> really. after that, I was like, okay, I keep going. So for every year since I was 16, 17, I've been doing this and I still save these piece of papers, you know, <laughs> that I always put under my bed and still this day I have this. So uh, it worked for me and I recommend it really for everybody to do this. I mean, me and DR does something the same. Like every, every New Year's Eve, we kind of sit yeah. together and we talk the goals of the year, what we want to achieve, what we want to do. And we're really true believers of like, if you if you can think it and dream it, and you will definitely attract it, you know? For and sure, for sure. And, and it, this is not about not being disciplined enough to not making it without writing it down. It has nothing to do with this. This is just like a reminder. This yeah, is just exactly. A, know what you want to strive for, yeah. you know, so, so people don't mix this up, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's somehow back in the head, you know, like, yeah. you, you know you wrote it, you know your goal, you know what you're striving exactly. for, you know what you want to go go ahead. And that actually led you to the national team, man. You you were yeah, young age yeah. you when you were at the Sweden national team. And I remember, man, I remember one time we were like five guys from Erebro. Uh, that went yeah. to Stockholm to watch uh, the opening game at Friends Arena. Mm, that's true. That's true. And uh, we were so, so sadly I never get the the chance to play that game, but I was in the squad and I yeah I made my way there. So yeah, it was a big moment. I mean, I remember like five of us. We were like, dude, this is so cool. This is amazing. Yellowan is there and warming up right now, <laughs> and he made it to this. <laughs> You know, level. We were so happy for you, man. Um, can yeah, you, can you, you, can you, man, tell us a bit about the build-up and the game? Just the game, you know. Yeah, we played against England. It was a big hype, a new stadium, um, and uh, you know, it was a big game also for Slatan. I remember in the locker room, he was so focused because he got a lot of shit from from England, you know, <laughs> yeah. like not being a good player, and they <laughs> they really every time he played with his uh, club uh, in against English teams, he he never like really made the good games, you know. So uh, you could see that he was really focused. He didn't say a word uh, before the game, and he's he's also captain. Normally, he should always talk, but this game he was on another like. <laughs> oh wow! Crazy. I don't know. He, he was he was. He's crazy. on another plane, like, another world right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he knew what he wanted to do on the pitch, and he went out, scored four goals. The fourth one was like unbelievable, and I remember after the game he was so relieved, like he. It was almost you couldn't talk to him. It was like he was high on on joy, you know. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a big moment for him, a big moment for Sweden. Yeah, and it's a perfect way to you know celebrate the new stadium and everything. So it was it was a nice game. It, it was, was a very nice. Game. It was a crazy goal, man. Uh, over yeah, over King Pisikela, you know. Yeah, yeah no one does it, you know. And uh, yeah. man, and now you are in Alsvenskan back again. And yeah, and it's starting on Sunday, right? Yeah, it's going start away against North. So basically, after my injury and, and moment of not playing in Germany, um, we tried to look for for clubs outside. I had like clubs in Holland and Belgium, but I felt mm. like 
these are steps that I rather than go back to Sweden because I need to play after my injury. I need to feel that I have a big role in the team, big responsibility, you know, and I chose Hammarby because they have the best supporters in Scandinavia. Like they have an average of 25,000. I always liked that club and also they, they they got me a good deal you know so I got all the puzzles and uh, yeah I... and I'm looking forward to, to this season you know and I feel so good you know I play every week 90 minutes I have a really big role in the team as well that, that will make me like become even better and it will challenge me so uh, it's uh, also a dif- different situation for me to, to play maybe not one of the best teams in, in Sweden at this moment, but right. uh, they have a new project, so uh, hopefully we will develop and, and become a, a big team. So that's also a, a, a job, that's also my responsibility to, to take this team forward and hopefully uh, we will be a, a top club in Sweden as well. So, uh, no, it feels good, I'm happy and hopefully I will also go out in Europe again. So. I just need the games. That's most important yeah, for me. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to follow it this season too. This will be my first time following Alsvenska from the beginning. I convinced him to and start play watching Alsvenska. He's going to watch more MLS. I'm going to watch more Alsvenska. So, that's um, good. That's good. Then you have to come also with. Uh, you have to come and visit Sweden. Oh yeah. We oh yeah. That's that's a given. That's going to so happen for sure. We that's a given for sure one last thing i want to ask you real fast is uh about yeah. this upcoming season uh yeah. one thing we've talked about in the podcast is the returning stars of some like yourself coming back from uh, the rest of europe to uh, play in osvenskin uh jim shellstrom is coming back yeah. uh, andreas isaacson is it is there yeah. like a nice buzz around osvenskin that these superstars yeah. are coming back yeah, for sure. That's uh, all what they are talking about. It will be a very interesting Alsaskan. We just got also Jonas Olsson, who played in right. Premier League right. in West Brom. He's coming back also, so uh, it's uh, very interesting. It will be a it will be a good uh, good season this year. I think many clubs who who will do good. Uh, so it's open. The race is open. So no, it will be good. It will be very good. Man, you know, it's we are thankful that you. Join us, man, and yeah. was a part of the Ask Coaching King Soccer Podcast show, dude. Really, really, no problem, real no pleasure. Problem. Yeah, I'm happy really. To be, to be your guest. You know, the thing is, like, um, really, one is like now, Kerry. You know, he's very experienced based on what we talked about, and coming back to Alsvenskan and to a big club like Hammarby is really a good spot to come home. And you know, I, I can Im- only imagine, right, Yele? But like. Uh, uh, coming into a team, take the responsibility. You already have shown what you can do. You know the league, and th- this exactly. year, this year the league is like more tight than ever. You have so many teams that can get points from each other. So it's it's yeah. like you said, it's underestimated league, mm. and you know you just do good and still know the level in it, man. Um, yeah. You yeah. know we're gonna keep follow you. Like I followed you since we were kids, right? Uh, yeah. So we're gonna keep follow you and please follow us as well. And uh, no, no, for sure, for sure, we will keep in touch and hopefully in the end or in the middle of the season we we talk again and yeah, I will yeah. give you an update. Yeah, definitely, 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 man. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you so much. No problem, no Have problem. A good Thank one. you guys. Thank you guys and good luck with everything. Thank okay. you. Perfect. Again, looking for Charles making that near post run. Again, Keesling back in, but this one comes all the way back out. 
Julian Hamid catches it well, and Hoffenheim have taken the lead. It's 1-0 to the hosts. Well, set pieces, set pieces, set pieces. It's Kiesling who gets a touch on it. What a wonderful finish by Hamad. Side foots it through a crowd. Difficult for the goalkeeper to get a sight of it. And have a look at this for technique. The concentration. Keep your eyes on it. Find your spot. 1-0 Hoffenheim. That's real talk. That's good talk. And that's what we do here at Oscar and King's Soccer Podcast yes. Show. We're talking about... The latest news in soccer, we bring you back to old memories. We take you to different perspectives in the soccer life. We talk about soccer, we talk about life, we talk about different moments in the history of soccer. From around the world too, right? Yes. Around the world, the US, Spain, England, this time in Sweden. And it's just so nice to get all these different cultural views, right? Thank you so much to Yilu and Hamad yes. that was... A guest on our show means a lot to both of us right. but he gives a really good perspective on a soccer player's life and from the start to kind of where he is today and what 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 are your comments Kerry? I mean I just, everything he said was uh, seems so real like you said just seemed so spot on uh, and it's nice to know for uh, me who's yeah. not a professional soccer player yeah it's nice to really get that that insight on his life you know on a professional player's life i mean uh, i follow yiluan's career since you know he took these steps from forward to mama and eventually all that he achieved in mama to hoffenheim standard liege and even now and i followed his career and one of the things i think why i did it it was because we were somehow in a similar situation you know around the same age Growing up, loving soccer, loving playing soccer, and following his career and what he's achieved and what he still will achieve is somehow a symbol of of us, you know, like of mm. of who we are, where we kind of come from, and definitely the cultures are similar too, and the upbringing I think is similar as well. And he's back in Alsvenskan. Alsvenskan is more competitive than ever. And Yilwan is the one of the stars. Yeah, you know his experience and what he achieved speaks for itself. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, he's playing for a nice club in Hammerby. Played for one of the biggest in Malmo in the past. He's got that experience, like you said. This season's Elsvenskan is shaping up to be a firecracker yeah. of a season. Definitely, man. Definitely. <laughs> I can't wait. It'll be my first time watching it. I'm gonna watch it all the way. We're gonna watch it, man. Yeah. We're going to watch it. And interesting that he is a part of this new investment on this new project that Hammarby is trying to build. Like I told you, uh, they're really getting back into the top tier of teams. And they have one of the strongest fan base, man, in Sweden. Even in other cities around Sweden, not just in Stockholm. And, you know, nice, beautiful stadium as well. I'm so happy, dude. Like, honestly, I'm happy that he find the right place where mm. he's at right now yeah he still has the drive the ambition that we've talked about before right that a soccer player really needs to to be successful uh and he's comfortable he's happy where he is now but he's still ready to push he, like he has done in the past once he was captain at malmo 
once he was trying to push in the Swedish national team, he's ready to push himself, you know, push his comfort zone a bit. It's really interesting that you mention it, you know, like in life you have to put yourself in a uncomfortable situation sometimes or situations or moments or uh, routines that kind of pushes you to develop you know that's so much in soccer you always try to reach the next level the next level come into an environment a soccer team that will push you to develop i mean it sounds like it's different levels that you can read and you know one does has done it since a young age it's going to be definitely interesting to follow Yile. 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 That's nice. Nice nickname. Yile. That's yeah. his nickname, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And um, I hope you guys at home enjoyed listening to this podcast, this episode. It's our 11th episode of Oscar Chen King Sake Podcast Show. If you, if you enjoyed it, man, follow us too. Yeah. Follow us Twitter, Facebook. Uh, what else? Instagram. Instagram, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And uh, check out the website, of course. Oscotchandking.com. Right. Uh, you can also get them on iTunes. Uh-huh. And look at our past episodes. Look at our future episodes. Don't you think they had already listened to our previous episodes? I hope so. If not, I mean, they're missing out. They should get to it as ASAP. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, what are you waiting for? We follow Yile's career. We will follow other players' careers as well. We will follow the path the lives takes our guest today. And hopefully you guys can follow us as well. Thank you for listening to the 11th episode of Oz Coaching King Soccer Podcast Show. Hey, do! Goodbye. Hey, do! Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>